You may be seated. Good morning. Good to have you here this morning. I'm Jana, one of the priests here. I want to welcome you, especially if you're joining us for the first time. We're really glad to have you here with us this morning. This morning's gospel reading pivots from stories that we have been hearing over the last couple of weeks, stories of Jesus appearing after the resurrection to his followers. And in this, in this set of readings for today, we hear a parable of shepherd and sheep. And really for the rest of the Easter season, we'll be hearing from John's gospel and we might begin to notice how the stories of the community of the resurrected Lord arise from being connected to and abiding in the resurrected Christ. Just before our gospel reading for today that we heard, John 9, Jesus encounters a blind man and he sees him on the road begging and he heals him. He gives him sight, and you might remember hearing this story in Lent. We recalled it together. And there's a lot of confusion and excitement in the aftermath, and everybody is trying to figure out, like, who is Jesus? And finally, after a lot of commotion, the man who was blind says, I don't know exactly who Jesus is or what he is about, but this is what I do know is that I once was blind and now I see. How could this be anything other than God acting in the world? And in that scenario, the religious leaders get very defensive, like who are you to tell us what God is like? We of all people know what God is like. And it's in response to that situation that Jesus offers them and us, this parable of the Good Shepherd. Now, everyone here this morning has some idea, even if it's a vague idea, about what God must be like. And for some of us, that is based on experience, and others of us based on what we have been taught. And for most of us, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And some of us might be here this morning and might be able to say something very similar at the, as this blind man. Like, I, don't, I can't say everything about like, what Jesus is, but I do know that I was blind and now I see. And there are others of us that might be here this morning and we, we think we know exactly what God is like. And if we're honest, we don't want anybody messing with our perception of God. But this morning we are offered a parable that invites us to reevaluate our imagination of what God must be like. And the beauty of parables is that they honor the mystery of God and God's kingdom in a way all of our describing what God must be like cannot. Parables are like those Russian stacking dolls where if you take off the top, you find out that there's another one. And you take off the top and you find out that and it's inexhaustible that the mystery of God keeps going on and on and on. And parables also honor the recipient, the joy available 
in the discovery of what God is like. So our gospel reading begins, very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. But the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls them by name and leads them out. And when he has brought all out on his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know any shepherds personally. And I've never met a shepherd, but even still, I have some conception, right, of must, what like the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep are like. And in my non-agrarian imagination, shepherds own sheep. Like, they own sheep for their own gain, for milk, for wool, for meat. Shepherding is a job. It's an occupation, a very old one, but a job nonetheless. And sheep are a commodity. But in our gospel reading, there's something very different here pictured in the relationship between shepherd and sheep. There's an intimacy a kind of knowing. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them. And the sheep know his voice and they can differentiate it from a stranger's voice. There is something familial and tender in this relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And this intimacy is not just heard in our gospel reading, but it's also echoed from the psalmist. Many of the psalms speak of nations, like the nation of Israel, but Psalm 23 is personal and intimate. The Lord is my shepherd. And that reality is so profound, it overshadows anything I could ever want or need. There is a kind of attention attentiveness, almost an excessive care, you might say, in the way the good shepherd is described to tending to the sheep. The shepherd carries them to a place where they're safe. He attends to them when they're sick and burn out. The shepherd finds them when they're lost. The shepherd defends them in the very presence of those who want to destroy them and disorient them. And even in the threat of death, they are at peace in the care of the good shepherd. And almost all of the action throughout Psalm 23 is by the shepherd. The sheep aren't performing in any kind of particular way to get attention or approval. There are very few action verbs assigned to the sheep. The sheep are just caught up in the care of the good shepherd. My two oldest daughters, Julie and Anna, are just 14 months apart. And when they were toddlers, the developmental 
difference between them was just slight enough to give Julia an, an advantage, but not quite the benevolence to kind of catch up with that advantage. So I spent a lot of time as arbitrator. And in my desperation as a mother, when they had wronged each other, I started just making them look at each other and say, I love you and I'm going to take care of you. I love you and I'm going to take care of you. Trying like as best I could to re help them reimagine their relationship with one another. And the scene always started out the same. Confrontation posed, brows furrowed. And most of the time, it actually didn't do any good. But every now and again, those words would seep below the surface. And at those moments when Julia would say, Anna, I love you, and I'm going to take care of you, you could almost see her little body release. And when Anna would say, Julia, I love you, and I'm going to take care of you, you could see the aggression and hostility release. I love you and I'm going to take care of you. There is something so fundamental about being loved and cared for, not like in an abstract, theoretical way, but in a personal, intimate, tender kind of way. And friends, you and I could add up all the care and tenderness that we have received in our life, and that is a drop in the bucket compared to the love and care that the Good Shepherd has for his sheep. The Good Shepherd gives gentle, attentive, personal care to the sheep. And in case you're not tracking here, we're the sheep. You're the sheep, I'm the sheep. This is what God is like towards you. This is what God is like towards me. This is what God is like towards us. God is the good shepherd. And then our text continues in verse seven to name something broader and all encompassing about the good shepherd, we shift from this personal attentive care to something cosmic and definitive about the person of Jesus. And we continue in verse seven. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. We receive this set of parables during Eastertide, the season where we're recalling the resurrection of Jesus. And so we read these texts in light of that reality. And when Jesus says here, I am the gate, he's naming that his life and death and ultimately his resurrection ushers in not just a new religion or a new ethic, but a new creation. That the resurrection of Jesus is not this like odd event in the present world. 
It is the defining event of the new creation, the world that is being born in and with Jesus, the beginning of the whole cosmos being made right, death and sin and brokenness conquered. The resurrection of Jesus is cosmic. I am the gate. Jesus is the way through which God is recreating the whole of the cosmos. And in Jesus, there is a different way of being human in the world. We don't have to be afraid. Our lives don't have to be defined by scarcity, that if you have, I don't have, or if I have, you don't have. The excessive abundance of God is breaking out into the world through the person of Jesus. And there is this deep invitation for us here this morning. I love you and I'm going to take care of you. And in that reality, you can live differently in the world. You can live abundantly. We together can live as a community of abundance. And we hear this in our Acts reading of this early Christian community where they had all their possessions in common and not a single one of them was in need. They were living into this kind of abundant life. And this vision of abundance imaged in much of our readings this morning pushes back against all the prevailing truths around us that seek abundance from something other than the abiding presence of the good shepherd. And while we certainly await the absolute fulfillment of that reality, it's our community's vocation to proclaim and embody the abundant life made possible in the risen Christ. So may we hear this morning the voice of the Good Shepherd calling us by name, each one of us into the community of abundant life. And may we have eyes to see that where he leads is the way to abundant, overflowing life. Amen. I wanna invite you this morning into a moment of silent reflection to give some space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And I want to invite you to offer this prayer before the Lord. God, I wanna be caught up in your abundant life. I wanna be caught up in your abundant life.